0: You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Oh, have I got your attention now? We yeah. For lack of a better word. It's good. You know what I mean? Money to made in a place like this. Money never sleeps, pal. You're crazy. You no know one it takes to so sell real estate? It's brass, 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 brass. i am falling and I can't get up! Hey! All right, welcome to Money Never Sleeps. This is the show where we talk about everything from individual stocks to commodities to global markets and, and private equity across the board, uh, you know, th- throughout all uh, industries. Uh, basically, topics that could impact you, and matter of fact, they will impact you. Now, things have been going wild since our last show. Uh, there was a massive blizzard that crippled the Northeast, in case you didn't know about it. happened over the weekend. Uh, thank God it happened on a Friday. Uh, the Pope, he decided to retire. Uh, yeah, like really he retired as if he was uh, Jamie Dimon or uh, a major CEO. Interesting. Uh, meat scandals uh, in Europe. Which uh, that's something we may talk about later. Uh, the Fed's computer system is hacked, according to reports. So that's interesting. Uh, Apple, uh, according to rumors, is uh, coming out with some sort of a Get Smart type of wrist device. Uh, so uh, we'll find out more about that in the coming days. Uh, big frenzy as the media touts the stock market going much higher. You know, we'll see what happens with that. Google execs. They're getting liquid into the billions of dollars and of course the private equity sector is continuing to uh, to light things up as of late now on that note you know that's a lot to absorb in one sitting all right so please join me in welcoming back to the show our guest from REO Capital LLC John Venice <laughs> john welcome back to the show how you doing buddy good how are you good good uh yeah it's been an interesting week to say the least
1: you guys uh got hit with about three feet of snow huh uh
0: yeah it was pretty tough it was really pretty tough but we're uh you know we're we're dynamic we're 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 uh, resilient, so we get through it just like uh like America is we just keep uh going through it uh thankfully on the east coast uh the uh the powers that be actually had things uh moving along in uh, the most important areas i guess uh certain areas are still uh kinda under fire, so we'll see what happens as uh, it gets a little warmer over here
1: right. Well, where do you want to start tonight?
0: <laughs> uh, well, that's that's the thing. I mean, I mean, from from the uh, the last show that we did, uh, things started heating up. You know, the, a lot of people are are a lot of. It's interesting. You have the media that touting that you know the market's going higher, pump, 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 hype, 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 all this stuff, and trying to draw in the small investors to go in and play the game. You know, and honestly. Uh, I think that the major players are kind of sitting on the sidelines. You know, uh, well, maybe th- that's that's where we can start.
1: Yeah, today, uh, right in the front page Wall Street Journal, companies fret over uncertain outlook. And it starts off by saying that, uh, you know, there's a uh, uh, Dow Jones pushing ahead to you know, record highs. However... Um, that many of the executives are less optimistic about the global economy and the prospects, and many are lowering their financial forecast. And uh, like I said in my blog last week, that uh, and I just got off the phone, matter of fact, with a major law firm today that practices uh, private equity law, hedge fund law, securities law, that uh, I said, I think that we're going to see this market tumble uh, and and, it, and in this article it talks about how there are now out of the S&P 500 index there are uh, 69 companies that have already warned that they're not going to meet their earnings numbers
0: and, and the funny thing is is that these companies they missed a the number but the stocks still go higher all right and it's interesting to me because you know with everything that's going on and right now and we're we're facing some political uh fiasco so you're going to get into that in a minute um but it's just interesting to me that people are looking that they they're listening to the uh the background noise okay as opposed to seeing what's in front of them and that's scary
1: Yeah I I think that that people are caught up in the hype of of the present tense, and they're not Mm -hmm. looking at the the bigger picture. And if you've got nearly, you know, uh, a third of these companies in the S&P 500 that are already claiming that they're not going to meet their forecast and their earnings, uh, and, and many of the executives are saying they're looking at shrinking economies in Europe and the U.S., And that they're holding back on their on their investments, um, you know. It would seem only logical to me that the rest of the pub, the John Q. Public, kind of taken a a little cue from uh, the executives who are not out there investing, not out there spending, who have a a negative outlook, like I do on this Mm -hmm. economy. And, um, and and ignore all this uh, short-term new highs that the market is achieving.
0: Yeah, well, this is uh, this is not something new. This is something that happens often. You know, bad things happen, and all of a sudden we get a little uh, bump down. and people start getting hyped up because they want the market to go higher. You know, and, and granted, I think in any in any environment, you'll always find those uh, diamonds in the roughs those gems that actually will give you the returns that you're looking for. Uh, but, you know, right now, if you're looking at the market overall, uh, I, I think that people should be very particular as to what they invest in. Okay. And if they have long-term money that they really just want to sock away and get involved in situations for the long-term, then private equity is probably a good way to go.
1: Right. And I, I agree with you. I mean, I can recall a- – a few years ago, and I don't now. I've lost track of how many years or a few, but <laughs> Citigroup was at two to three dollars a share.
0: Yeah, well, and, that, that was after it collapsed,
1: right? And I can recall yeah. telling a buddy of mine, you know, that's a major uh, money center bank for two bucks a share. I'd be jumping all over that.
0: Uh, are you talking about in the early nineties? Yeah, yeah, in the early nineties. Yeah, City C- C- Citibank was, uh, Citicorp was, um, well, I think it was Citibank at the time. And yeah. I think it was about three bucks, two bucks, three right. bucks, that type of thing. It was nothing, cheap. Right. Okay. And, and you know, people will find th- those situations once the dust settles. You know, I, I'm I'm concerned, you know, because back then you didn't have the media hype that you have today. Okay, no. where you can draw in, you know, back then, and I, I'm speaking frankly. Back then, you had a lot of pump and dump situations. You had a lot of people that were writing these newsletters and sending out these spam emails, and so on and so forth. And get, you know, you had, um, you had, uh, what do you call it? You had, um, uh, what was this guy's name? Oh my God, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm losing it. But he was on, on CNBC. CNBC. Yeah, he was on CNBC. Yeah. Um, Jim Cramer, Dan Dorfman. No, Dan Dorfman. Dan Dorfman. Yeah. yeah Dan he, Dan Dorfman was before Cramer, and he uh, was giving his picks and so on and so forth. That's what people went by. They went by the news. They went by what they saw on uh, on these uh, chat rooms and stuff like that, and they they followed uh, you know the hype. But now it's crazy because you can watch cnbc listen to bloomberg you can uh, watch msnbc uh you can watch fox news and you know you have so many different avenues that people can go and hype and push and this and that and it gets confusing that's why i I love doing the show because we're not we're not promoting anything we're we're talking about real situations that actually impact investors and and i'm tired you know i'm just tired of the, the nonsense is out there, and you have shows, I don't care if you're on network, cable, radio, uh, that are actually, you know, they're touting stuff, maybe because they're getting advertising dollars or whatever. You know, we, we don't have to worry about that. That's why we speak so frankly about our topics, with, you know, because I think that listeners need to know this. I think they need to hear this. I think they need to get involved and understand that it's their money. And if they didn't, if they didn't learn from getting spanked, uh, with their with their <laughs> pensions and everything, uh, they're never going to learn. And you have right. to you have to be accountable for your investments. Don't leave it in somebody's hands that's getting uh, paid a commission, and don't leave it in their hands and hoping you know thinking that they're a professional because they may they may not know as much as you think. So right. better to be informed and make make informed decisions yourself. You know because you have so much information out there. John, you know it's hard to absorb right. all that. That's why I was mentioning everything in the beginning, from the Pope to this to that. There's so much to absorb. It's like, ah, you know, just a lot to take in at one time.
1: Right. And, and, and of course, you, you, there's always a twist to some of the stories that, that may not be telling the entire story. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for example, the Dow hitting new highs, but in, in, the, in the background noise, you know there's companies that are coming out the CFOs are saying that capital spending this year is going to decline uh substantially decline and you've mm-hmm. got all of these other negative factors that are going to impact that uh, that dow at 14,000 that mm-hmm. uh if you're paying attention to all the other all the other noise out there you're going to see that the bigger picture tells you a much broader uh, story
0: yeah well look as um as Warren Buffett said and I believe I said this I say this I, I say this often and I probably said it on the last show, you know, one thing that I, I really agree with what he said, you know, you have to listen and, and look at your inner inner school board and not the outer school board. Because you look at that outer school board, you know, that's everything and all the noise, everything involved. When you start doing that, you start losing a lot. Okay, so it's better to you know stick with what you know, focus on it, understand that this is the situation. Don't 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 act on uh, a tip that you're getting from a, from somebody that's shining his shoes. That doesn't work.
1: Right here, it even says right in the uh, uh, according to uh, Yardini Research, a consulting firm, investors are ignoring guidance and responding and, and not responding to economic indicators that revenue and earnings will go after this year. Um, you know, so people are, you know, they want to pay attention to what they want to pay attention to, but they don't uh, pay attention to everything.
0: Yeah, well, they, they no one wants to hear bad news. No one wants to hear that, okay, the, the market may pull back. You know, no one wants to hear that you have consolidation, you know. I mean, mergers and acquisitions – this this is going to be, I believe that you know this year next year you're going to see a lot of that, in the airline industry, the oil and gas industry, and other industries because you're going to have major consolidation, you know, in, in certain key in certain key industries because you know there's not enough to go around, you know, so um, it's it's just going to be interesting and I think that people need to be aware, be well informed, you know, they should read read the paper, do you know do your homework, you have to.
1: Well, I I agree, Lou, and I think that it's uh, it's a combination of of um, different factors, and and uh, you know you gotta gotta pay attention and and you look at all the economic indicators, uh, especially GDP. We're lucky this year if we do two percent GDP growth in this economy. Yet mm-hmm. when when countries like India are doing eight to nine percent, China nine percent, so uh you know there are are uh some there should be some valid concerns about our economy uh just mm-hmm. from from the very economic indicators that show our growth
0: yeah and look and we we were talking before the end of the year you know everyone was talking about it the fiscal cliff okay uh just because we didn't fall over and then go over the cliff and certain, uh, certain things were agreed upon, doesn't mean that we don't, have, we don't still have a problem. What, what I find interesting is that you're going to have a lot of uh, cuts coming, okay, in, uh, in these entitlement programs. And right. people, are, people are freaking out over that. And which, you know, look, there, there has to be, you know, some balance somewhere. There can't just be continue, continuous spending. Without any pullback, because how do you get ahead? If you have, let's say, you have a hundred dollar budget, and you're spending a hundred and ten dollars a month, and your your budget is a hundred dollars a month, how are you getting ahead? You're falling behind each and every month, and it doesn't get any better; it just gets worse.
1: Right, right, and yet everybody's, including Nancy Pelosi, agrees that uh, we have a deficit problem. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting to me is that people like Nancy Pelosi don't agree we have a spending problem.
0: Yeah, well, that that's the thing. They tend to, you know, ignore uh, what's out there purposely because they don't want to bring attention to it. They just want to rah, 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 raise the taxes, raise the taxes, raise the taxes, taxes, tax this, tax that, tax everything. But, you know, when it comes time to, you know, cutting, you know, ridiculous spending, okay, you know, if the spending was done to help people get ahead, I get it. I get it. Help people get ahead. Help them to you know some create some jobs. Get out there and get off your butts and get to work. People want to work. They want to get stuff done. You have to create these programs. And when I heard that uh, potentially they were cutting some programs that were going to help small business and, and help people get out there in the workforce, that uh, kind of concerned me a lot.
1: Well, Nancy Pelosi said, uh, we have to recognize which cuts will help us and which cuts will hurt our future. And cuts in education and scientific research and the rest are harmful. And that's what uh, are affected by sequestration.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't she retiring soon at some point? <laughs> I sure hope so. Yeah, you know, I mean, you going to have a lot of changes. And uh as far as the powers that be, you know, from the Fed on down. You know, is supposed to be uh retiring next year I believe. Right. And uh I think uh Yellen's gonna wind up taking his place. You know, so that could be interesting. You know, um so I mean a lot, a lot of a lot a lot of things are, are gonna be um a lot of things are gonna be changing and uh it's just I don't know. I don't know. Why. Well the, the
1: sequestration of course is going to kick in March first will impact the Pentagon more than any other single department. And uh of course Pelosi argued that uh more cuts would hurt the economy and do little to close the deficit. Mm-hmm. And um she argued that uh um it's a false argument to say we have a spending problem. We have a budget deficit problem. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> it it's it it's, it's, you know what it's it's all semantics so everything's a wordplay you know trying to make it seem uh, what it's not at the end of the day you know a rose is a rose right <laughs> you know you can't you, you can't candy coat it because you know your your chickens will come to roost you keep laying that groundwork at some point in time it's going to come back all right and and when it does come back guess what and this is for our listeners to understand the Nancy Pelosi's and all these people that are making these decisions, more than likely they're going to be retired. So who are you going to right. point the finger at? You know, right. who are you going to point the finger at? You can't point it at them. They're gone. Where are right. they going to, they're going to come to congressional hearings and, and answer questions, blah, 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 but the damage is done. And then it's it's you, the, the lower middle class, that get hurt a lot. You know, so I think uh, people need to really, you know, pay attention. To to what's roaming around them, and understand, you know, between their investments and how they're voting, and so on and so forth, you know, be aware, be careful who you vote into office. That's all I got to say.
1: Yeah, they still, and and on that note, they've said that they don't think that we'll see uh, economic growth until 2017.
0: Uh, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. (laughs) <laughs> if they keep going this route, it may be 2020, you know. Well, uh, you
1: know, I think they're projecting, you know, a year after the the Obama term ends, that's when you're going to start seeing <laughs> economic growth.
0: Yeah, you know, but you know, the thing is, I mean, taking Obama out of the equation, I think it's the responsibility of, of the individual powers that be in each state to step up and do something. Okay, you know, like you know, you, you have. I mean, the, the the hardest decisions people will fight, but you know, these decisions, as they may cause pain initially, are probably the right things to do for the future. You deal with the pain now, and and you then de- you just reap the rewards later on. You know, like in in New York City, all right? Bloomberg, you know, if people uh, in the teach in the uh, for the board of education, teachers, uh, those that retire. Uh, those jobs are not going to be replaced, from what I understand. So that's like cutting down on that deal. You know, that's education, but, you know, he's trying to do something to shake up the tree a little bit, which which I can understand. Uh, don't say I agree with it because we need to educate our kids. However, you know, if if the individual states, like what they did in Detroit and Michigan, but, you know, in, in your neck of the woods, you know, and what they did over there with the unions – Okay, that's being proactive. That's being proactive. That's actually doing something because you really give a crap about your state. And you give a crap about the the people that that live there. You know, because why would you want someone to to live in in an impoverished uh, area and and continue to let it uh, erode when it doesn't have to? So I mean, you know,
1: right. We don't want to end up like Pennsylvania when the steel uh, industry collapsed.
0: Yeah, yeah, but even, even though you have people over there in, in Pennsylvania that are actually t- trying to turn those towns around, you know the interest isn't there. You know, and that, that that's what kills me too is that you have towns like that that are desolate. You know what? Take some money, build those towns, create something over there. So it's going to be cheaper. People can actually move over there and work, earn a living, and have a better quality quality of life. Opportunities are there. Are they doing anything? No. You know, I mean, they're not doing anything to help the people that are trying to do stuff over there, which, you know, is interesting. But, hey, what are you going to do? You know, we just keep moving forward and we just try to keep informing people as to what uh, is going on around them. You know, I mean, if you look at, like, the airline industry, you have that consolidation there. I think what, uh, American uh, Airlines and U.S. Airways, they merged, okay? Um, you know, people have to understand what that means for them. You know, it it that, that, that doesn't mean low airfares, I'll tell you that much.
1: No. No. It's
0: <laughs> it that
1: and that's gonna that consolidation's gonna continue to take place in order to, to stay competitive and yeah. um you know, we're gonna we're gonna continue to see uh that type of consolidation in in different
0: industries. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know the the one industry that I have to say. <laughs> that, you know, is is always a good one um, that's going to have good growth going forward is going to be tech, you know, it's going to be tech, because uh, everything's advancing, you know, so from social media and to, like, the Googles, the Facebooks, the Apples, you know, those are companies that will continue to flourish, and I think of Apple, um, they're coming out with this uh, watch, uh, this iWatch thing that's supposed to be coming out with, like, a Get Smart gadget, or go go gadget watch and they're looking yeah. to have that and that's a new product. You know, so they're trying to do that. But there was a rumor that uh or or an idea that it would be good for them to get involved and probably acquire a company like Twitter uh to get involved in um in, in the social media and to connect with their connect with the masses. You know, I don't know how that would work out with them being a uh, a product development company and not so much a uh, social media company.
1: Well, it should be interesting though to see what uh, uh what developments do take place in in this marketplace that will drive um, those sectors higher and uh drive revenues and, and uh, ultimately uh expand our GDP.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's the most important thing is expanding that GDP. You know, so now uh moving forward uh what what do you see going on uh with uh what's looming uh in the next few days
1: well there in in as far as the the market goes uh you know they, i think that we're uh we're seeing that uh, this uh is is definitely in uh, uh some like you had stated we're in some consolidation and and i think that we're gonna continue to see that consolidation and then end up uh, in in some type of pullback um, where there there's going to, there's got to be some profit taking in this in this market uh, markets don't just continue to go straight up no. um, and uh you know ultimately uh, there there's going to be some people taking some money off the table um, I still think there's a lot of money sitting on the sidelines uh in the global markets because I still mm-hmm. think there's uncertainty. Uh, in this global economy I, I i don't uh i don't know that anyone can decisively say to you or any of our listeners that uh they know exactly which sectors are going to flourish
0: no no and i don't think anyone no one has a crystal ball no one can actually tell you that they'll say things and I me mean, look you watch tv and the people that, that do, they watch the CNBCs and Fox News and all, Fox Business News and all that stuff. Uh, you'll see people talking about individual stocks and the market. You know, they have to understand, too, that they're not looking a lot of the commentary. They're not looking at the market a year or two down the road. They're looking at it day by day, okay, trade by trade, things of that nature. And you can't go by that because if you are – uh, an average Joe investor, you're thinking long term. You're not thinking. You're not going to sit in front of your computer. You're not a day trader. You're not a week trader. You know, so for you to, uh, you have to look at the bigger picture, as you said earlier, John. They have to look at the bigger picture.
1: And I think it's important, like you said, to do, do your reading, do your homework, mm-hmm. keep keep aware of of your surroundings, and yeah. don't just don't just look at the United States. Also. Look at what's going on in the rest of the globe because ultimately to. it's going to affect our economy just as our economy affects their economy.
0: But, you know, the investors need to see. Look, you can look at uh, look. – let's look at the New York Stock Exchange before they were acquired. They got acquired and then they merged. Again, they are truly uh, an international, you know, uh, financial platform right now. Right. OK, you know, um, you know, transatlantic, whatever you want to call it, you know, basically they are they they have their fingers on the pulse of everything that happens out there. And if you're looking at uh, a financial uh, exchange, get you know, merge and then merge again, you know, isn't that telling you something that you have to look at different areas? You know, granted, right. you know, you may not live over there, but there are opportunities because, you know, 10 years ago. Would it be very skeptical and hard to go uh, and invest in Russia and Brazil and stuff like that? And, well, back, you know, they call them the BRIC nations. Um, would it be hard to invest in, in countries like this? Sure, because you don't know what you're dealing with, especially if you have your money on that exchange. But now, you know, it, it, things are a lot easier to do. You know, well, things are a today, lot easier.
1: Yeah, today I just got off the phone with a conference call with a large law firm in New York that – specializes in private equity law and hedge fund law and securities law and oil and gas and all of these mergers and acquisitions and so forth. And I said to him, I, I said, you know, um, I'd like to get your opinion, but I said my opinion is that I think we're going to see this consolidation in the market. We're going to see a pullback in this market. This market is unsustainable, and I think that uh, as we see this uh, this pullback, this correction – in the market due to what's taking place, due to higher taxation, due to lack of spending, due to smaller GDP growth, et cetera, et cetera, that uh, we are going to see more firms uh, flourish in the private equity markets and the hedge fund markets. And I said I think that as these institutional investors are going to try to make up that those yields, those lack, or I should say lack of uh, yields, in these markets then what they're going to do is uh look at alternative investments and he mm-hmm. said I agree with you 100% John he said I think that this this economy is uh going to go through some changes and those changes are going to ultimately lead to alternative investments and those alternative investments will uh, will be in the forefront mm-hmm. of um of those um um of those decisions that, uh, those institutions make. I agree
0: with you, you know, and if people, I just, for a listener's sake, you know, let's talk about alternative investments, you know, and I'll just give a couple of quick examples that, you know, are broadly known. Okay. Uh, you know, Google at one time was an alternative investment. It was a private equity play. People invested in it. It's private, you know, Facebook, same thing, uh, companies that were, were not publicly traded. Okay. Whether it's here or overseas, Okay, you had you know uh, opportunities where private equity money was used to help build those companies now the uh what what we've we've been talking about are the public markets that you know if you're looking at you know putting your money in there and and becoming a day trader, you know sit in front of your computer do that you know be you you'll know what to do you'll do your research but if you're just you know a guy a person that's that's working and and doing their things and they want to put their money somewhere. You know, you have to really do due diligence and pick what's best for you. If you are an accredited investor, you have more money to play with. So basically, you don't want to play the game that everyone else is playing. You want to put just your money somewhere where it can grow. You know, because well, I you like go, I like
1: what yeah. I like what Gordon Gecko used to say. I buy when others are selling, and I yeah. sell when others are buying.
0: But but that is that should be. You know, people don't learn. That, that's the thing about it. As many times as it happens, people don't understand. You know, and the thing is the media now, the media now, uh, you know, they have the ability to paint whatever picture they want to paint. You know, whether it's, you know, if they have guests on the show and they're painting this picture, that picture, they give their opinions, whatever it may be. When you're have, when you getting, you know, 10, 20 opinions from 10, 20 different people over the course of a day, okay, it'll make your head spin. You know, so you really don't know what to, to make heads or tails of what's going on, so that's why you have to go and do your independent research, you know, and uh do your due diligence. You know, but you're right, you know, when institutions you know, when institutional money is pushing in, the small investors are pulling out. When the institutional when the institutional money's pulling out, the small investors are coming in. This is a cycle that has never changed from all my years on Wall Street. <laughs>
1: I believe this is what's happening right now is the institutional money is sitting on the sidelines still is cautious mm. right now is waiting for those opportunities is uh is looking uh very cautiously because they're concerned and and I think your listeners should be concerned as well and and uh and I think those opportunities as we spoke of before the city groups at, at three dollars a share. I, mm-hmm. I think that those opportunities are going to come about and and mm-hmm. um if you're if you're cautious and you look for the opportunities they will be there um but but i would uh i would definitely play this this whole uh, market on, on a more conservative note
0: yeah definitely they, i think uh investors need to and again, I keep going back to the due diligence you have to you know map it out. You know, learn from history. You know, uh, what was I watching? Uh, I was watching a movie over the weekend, and one thing that there was Jude law. Great movie, by the way. I forget the name of it, but just a really good movie. And basically what he said, uh, he said that, you know, someone's actions, their present actions are based on on their past, their past actions. You know, so if you keep, you know, looking at, at things that are being done, you'll see the signs. You know, and you'll get a better indication on what's happening. You know, just educate yourself. You know, you don't want to get stuck when everyone's pulling out and you're buying at the high end and all of a sudden you wonder why you're stuck with something you bought at 45 that now is at 37 and you have to wait it out, you know, so or, I mean, God forbid, lower, you know, but you you definitely have to pick your battles and uh, pick your investments wisely.
1: And people, individuals, tend to trade on emotion instead of on logic.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and that that's what it is. That that's where that's the beauty of Wall Street, John. You know that. You know people love to get excited. It's like going to you know Vegas. You know when you see your stock go up a quarter, a half. You know right now everything's in in in, 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 fra- in little fractions. You know a teeny or or a penny or whatever it is. You know people like the action they like seeing things happen you know and it's great you know everyone likes the action i mean you'll watch you see a stock going up john at your own you're like, hey, you get excited everyone does it's just something that that just happens uh but you need you know i think people need to just be more aware you know look at the uh look at the different sectors see what's happening you know get an idea you know and if again accredited investors you know, you may want to look at private equity as a way to go, you know, because I think that you'll have more opportunities that are not publicly traded. More opportunities that are not publicly traded, and you can only get these opportunities through the private equity sector. And, John, if you can do this for me and for our listeners, I know we went through it uh, last last week, but maybe we can go through it again and just you know, let's uh, let's just go through the difference between a hedge fund, a private equity uh, fund, and the how how they're fundamentally different because people think that they're the same thing and they're not.
1: No, no, and like you said last week, Lou, that uh, hedge funds tend to to trade uh, more rapidly. They have their algorithms and their mm-hmm. their their uh, programs are are programmed to to trade and in certain sectors and and trade on on different uh, news events or different price motions or different uh, pricing gaps or uh, arbitrage or whatever their strategy is um but but private equity is, is looking at the long term uh your money's locked up for 5 years uh, you there t- there's not the ability to to go ahead and trade the the securities are are not tradable um and usually the uh, the end result is uh, either uh, an IPO, initial public offering, or a restructuring, or, uh, or some other type of exit strategy that will return the investors their money. Um, but uh, you're right. These are – well, Staples is another example. If it wasn't for Mitt Romney and Bain Capital, Staples mm-hmm. would never be a household name.
0: Yeah, no, no. So, but that hey, that's, that holds true for so many different companies that they need that I mean they got their start somewhere. And it and it had to do with a private equity firm saying, Okay, I like what you're doing, I'm gonna give you this money, we're taking it we're taking a nice chunk of your company, but go build it. Right. You know, and, and and you you take that nice chunk, things build up over the next few years, all of a sudden you have a company that maybe has a valuation of let's give it a number of 20 million that all of a sudden you know in 3 years it may have a valuation of 50 60 whatever it may be it could be 100 depending on what they do uh it could be higher than that it all depends the point is is that you're in there at the ground floor you're in there you you you're, you're there at ground zero when when uh you know you can as an individual investor it would be hard for you to find these opportunities the near impossible in my opinion
1: well, and, and not only that, Lou, that these uh, analysts who have their CFAs, their certified financial analysts, are, are crunching numbers, uh, working financial models, looking at every detail, every aspect, every nook and cranny to, to get that, squeeze that profit margins out of these companies uh, to come up with typical returns anywhere from 20% to 60% return on your money that are just not available in, in the typical uh, uh, public markets. Um, mm-hmm. And, yes, you know, more risk, more reward, but, uh, but by the same token, if you're investing in a diversified portfolio just like you would in, in public companies, you can mitigate that risk and you can go mm-hmm. ahead and still capture that upside while protecting that downside.
0: But, you know, going back to those really, really smart people, you know, these are the same people that were creating all these financial instru- instruments with the mortgage, uh, with mortgages that created this problem in the first place. So, you know, That's true. Uh, That's true. <laughs> you know it's like, you know, what do you do? Um, I, I honestly, you know, if companies are adhering to Gap, you know, uh, you, you would think that things would be a little more transparent and a little more easy to easier to figure out. You know like with a company like apple uh and I keep going back to Apple because it's just fresh in my mind right now, you know they have so much cash in a bank that they can they can probably go out and buy the internet <laughs> and own it um <laughs> uh, but they're you know they don't want to go out and they're not out there making acquisitions, not major ones anyway, nothing that's going to shake up their tree. they're actually giving the money back to investors. You know, uh, you go from a $3 dividend to a $4 dividend, that $5 dividend, whatever it may be that they're going to wind up doing. Uh, the point of the matter is, if they have that all, all that money in the bank, you know, I mean, it's logical to say, hey, they're going to make an acquisition. But no, they're actually giving the money back. And I think some, some companies that are in that same situation, that, they, that they're starting to wind up. Um, they're looking to kind of get rid of that preferred stock as well. So there's a lot of interesting things that are happening with a lot of these companies out there, John.
1: Right. And Publicly you got to also companies. tell yourself, Lou, that, you know, if Apple's sitting on $72 billion in cash, mm-hmm. that ultimately somewhere down the road to go ahead and capture more market share, they're going to make an investment. Yes. So if, if those guys eventually, when the timing is right, is going to make that investment, it would be ultimately advisable to go ahead and follow where that big money is going.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, what people, you know, uh, kind of understand is that you know the, the powers that be at Apple, you know, Steve Jobs is not around. There is no other Steve Jobs, one of a kind. You know, he. Is definitely a trailblazer, and he, you know, no one can do, or ha, no one has his vision, so they have to figure things out, and that's what it comes down to. They have to figure things out. Well, are they going to figure things out? Probably, you know. Someone made a comment, and I'm just uh, quoting this. I forget who it was, but they said Apple is, you know, the, uh, the company itself is like, like one of the uh, the people went through, that went through the Great Depression. That are are very wealthy right now. They hold their money like there's no tomorrow because they don't want to get rid of it because they're afraid of what's going to happen. Well, and there's you a know? right
1: time to invest, Lou, and there's a wrong time. And and the people who are are successful are the people who are savvy and will go ahead and ultimately look at all those economic indicators and look at various uh, companies like Apple and to see where they're putting their money and then make a prudent investment uh, when the timing is right in the right sector. Yeah,
0: you know, well then that's what it comes down to. And and again, you know, and I go back to the um to to the absolute investors, you know, with with, with those individuals, they have to really look at uh, the the whole picture and see what's best for them long term. Uh honestly, you know, i I mean the public markets Yeah, short-term gains, trading, stuff like that, I get it. Um, it, It's a great thing uh, to to do. Uh, But as far as if you're looking at long-term, you don't want to look at it, I keep going back to private equity. I I, I think that's the way to go.
1: Well, I also advocate that if if you're an accredited investor, then uh, to me an advantageous relationship is with a registered investment advisory firm uh, which is a, a wealth management firm that charges the client a fee uh, for their assets uh, under management, and will, with their analysts, will go ahead and look at all those economic indicators for you. Will look at all the sectors. Will look at all the mm-hmm. trends. They're, they've got their finger on the pulse of the markets, pulse of private equity possible alternative investments and they make those models for you they may right. decide for you with your million dollars if you've got uh that and your risk tolerance is so, such and such maybe your allocation should be 40 percent equities 20 uh, percent uh bonds and maybe 20 percent private equity and 20 percent alternatives Right, you know, and then, and and, 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 he, and
0: even in the even in the the equity in the public market sector, you know, you also you don't want to be heavy in one area, you know, right. uh, You don't you don't want to be heavy in tech or heavy in in transportation and utilities things like that. You just want to be, you know, kind of spread it out a little bit because you know if you get if you're heavy in one area and that area gets spanked, you know, uh, gets who's gonna gets who's gonna get spanked right. along with it.
1: Right. What, what I like about those firms, for, for your listeners, is is because they charge a fee based on the assets, if, the, if they're wrong in their calculations and the, your assets go down in value, so does their pay. If mm-hmm. they're right and they've made the proper allocations to your portfolio and they're charging you a, a flat fee, then their fees go up. So they're rewarded right. for good performance, and they're demoted for bad performance.
0: And, and that's the way it should be, and that's exactly how it should be. It should be pay you get you, you get paid uh, by your performance. You do well, you get you, you get perks, as as you said, Gordon Gecko. You do well, you get perks. You don't do well, well, guess what? You're gonna hit the bricks, and that's gonna be the end of your day, you know, because you know you're not gonna get anything. And we were talking about Apple. It's funny, in Wall Street Journal, something just came out. Uh, the Einhorn, Einhorn from uh, Greenlight Capital, you know, which uh, is a hedge fund, by the way, he's pushing for Apple to issue a special class of stock, you know, uh, because they have all that money, in the, you know, they're sitting on all that cash, and so right. they want to issue. As opposed to giving a special dividend, they want it to, they want them to issue a special class of stock, which is interesting. You know, I mean, the, the, does that does that? I mean, issuing a special class of stock. Doesn't doesn't do anything to the to the cash they have in the bank. It's just issuing more paper.
1: And, and I'll also to your listeners recommend don't ignore commodities. If hmm. if Putin, John Paulson, George Soros, uh, KKR, and numerous others are tripping over their feet to buy gold, and the central banks are are accumulating. Large quantities of gold, you got to say to yourself,
0: why? Right. And I need to say this, too, that, you know, if you're going to go out there and buy gold, you know, just be careful. You have a lot of the you have a lot of companies out there. You see the advertisements on TV, buy gold, we're gold brokers, so on and so forth. Right. You know, be careful with that. And, and I'm saying this because I know where you can go and you'll go make an investment in there, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you're you're buying this, and there's a fee on top of that. Now you have a storage fee, and you have this fee, and then if you want it delivered to you, there's another fee on top of that. So you wind up spending, you know, additional five percent above what the what the market rate for gold is. You know, to right. so just be weary of that. You know, there are other so ways my, my, to do it.
1: Yeah, my opinion is also, don't look at at bullion. You can store coins, which tend to have a more uh, rarity component to them uh over the bullion that mm-hmm. adds additional value to that investment uh mm-hmm. and allows for easier storage but there is a uh, the same price per 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 uh ounce on on the, the gold itself
0: mm-hmm. but
1: yet there's an additional valuation for that coin that rarity of that coin
0: yeah, and the thing on top of that with the coins, which makes it interesting, if you have, uh, let's say, you have a kilo of gold, which is 2.2 pounds, okay, you have a kilo of gold, you have a bar, all right? So now you have that bar. Now, if you had coins that weighed the same amount and you had that in a safe deposit box, let's say, you know, something should happen, you needed a couple of grand. As opposed to you, as opposed to you selling that whole bar or smelting it or trying to chop it up, you can take a coin you can redeem it somewhere and you have in some cash so it gives you a uh, it gives you some semi liquidity so it's plus, easier so for you to function yep
1: yeah. plus there's also firms out there that will take the uh the coins that you have mm-hmm. and give you a loan against those uh coins and yeah. and, uh, and uh and take a, a pro- portion of the profits of that, uh, of those trading of those coins. And and in other words, if they're making 8% profit trading these coins, they'll give you a loan and give you 5% of the profits mm-hmm. and charge a 3% fee for uh, trading and giving you that loan
0: mm-hmm. on
1: your coins.
0: Yeah, and you can do that. And if you, look, and if you do have, Metal and you want to actually, you know, write contracts on, you know, the commodity exchange for it. You know, uh, write calls or puts, whatever you want to do. You know, you can actually have it stored there as well, and right. you can just have a uh, commodities broker deal with them and let them, you know, uh, write these uh, options, you know, for you. So there, there are a lot of different ways to go about right. it um, that and, you can and actually uh, do things. The
1: the the uh, uh, predictions are very positive uh they're forecasting by the summer of this year that they could see gold at 2400 an ounce and mm-hmm. that uh, next year it could go much higher
0: uh, and, I, and i don't doubt it see you know people you have to look at stuff okay and i and I, let, let's let's talk basics Okay, uh it's funny. I'm watching uh CNBC and I keep saying that because I you know, I watch that I watch all the the news programs cuz I need to be informed. So now I'm watching it. They're talking about platinum. They're saying, "Oh my god, platinum's skyrocketing." And I'm looking at it and I'm I, I just want to I just want to like reach into the television and say, "Platinum is rarer than gold. Platinum should be higher than gold. It it shouldn't be a mystery as to why." you know, it should be higher than gold. It, right. and, you know, it always has been. It's just that you have this, uh, the the demand for gold because that's what the media is pushing. Buy gold, buy gold, buy gold. Yeah, you can buy gold, you can buy platinum, you can buy, you know, metals like that. I mean, silver at one point was, you know, six bucks an ounce, and now you're sitting at, what, 30 or 40 or whatever it may be right now, you know, because people are taking out of the system. And again, silver itself is a lot, you know, widely... Um, Used than than gold and platinum, you know right. it's easier to come by, you know. So you know if, you, if you're going to get involved in in, in, in any, any metals, you know just make sure you know what you're you're talking about, you know. And as far as gold going to twenty four, I wouldn't be shocked if it was at thirty four. I wouldn't be shocked if it was at thirty five. I wouldn't be shocked at all. You know it's gonna it's gonna cost a lot of people like Charlie Sheen a lot more to put uh, gold in their teeth, but I tell you this much, <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, well when when you look
1: at all the global financial uh problems and and you look at the deficits escalating and you look at all these variables and and plus on top of that now you look at uh people hoarding uh inventories uh so that uh yeah platinum maybe uh of course is going to be more rare but but is what is the availability of that metal trading, uh, and, and if more people are, are consuming quantities of another metal, and there's less of that of that metal available, then that other metal could end up being uh, just as valuable, if not more.
0: Yeah, yeah and, and and also people need to be aware too. Gold goes up in price. Guess what? All your electronic devices potentially can go up as well because gold is used in these components, okay, uh, for these connectors and everything. So you know, if it costs the uh, the company a lot more to produce them, then it's going to be harder for them to give you a good price points. So I think that's why a company like Dell and the laptop industry. Let's this, this is probably why Hewlett Packard, you know, uh, they'll wind up splitting too because I I, I think that the laptop industry um is is starting to wean down a bit. I think everyone's with the tablets. They want the tablets. Microsoft they're investing everything in these tablets. A lot of th- a lot of money into these tablets. You know, Apple a lot of Google too. You know, you have the, the Android. You have you have a lot of things going on. But this is the this is uh you know the um the growth of technology. This is the how everything evolves. You know, uh years ago you had the big, you know, lunky you know things on your desk. I mean, if anyone is an old-time Wall Street person, they remember they remember the Quotron, the That's big wonky right. thing with the with the <laughs> green thing, and you and you see that the numbers moving. And I, I had yeah. that in front of my desk, and I remember Quotron. It was a dirty little thing right on top, watching right. and how things change. How now people have you know six eight screens in front of them. Um, how things change where you can actually go. And have your tablet, and on on the New York Stock Exchange, I know they had this, uh, with they have it now with the traders. You can actually you have your your little uh, your 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 portable tablet, and you you can do you can do your business as you're walking around, <laughs> and you, you can you can do your trades as you're moving around. Um, so you know things are changing, and I think that you know the Dells and the Hewlett Packers, those those are the dinosaurs that are going to be extinct. And, and, you know, the new technology, that's that's the future. That is definitely the future. I don't think Microsoft is going anywhere anytime soon. You know, people underestimate that company. You know, um, they have a lot of cash to do a lot of things, and I think they're going to figure it out. And when they figure it out, they're going to give everyone a, a run for their money because people, uh, you know, you have to see. Microsoft, they have Bing. Bing right now is is looking to go head-to-head with Google on their search technology. Bing has a deal with Facebook. Facebook has a deal with Yahoo. Yahoo just made an advertising deal with Google. What I mean, look at that picture. You you're talking about, you know, some of the major players in the internet sector kind of sitting down and trying to do business. And it's going to it's going to change how things operate. And it's going to change how things uh, happen in my opinion.
1: Yep. And and those uh those developments are, are going to be the catalyst uh, that that hopefully uh propels those jobs markets and, and uh uh creates that growth in this in this economy and, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, so that's why it is uh, it is detrimental to look at at those trends.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and you know and you mentioned uh you know, Russia. Okay, and you know Russia I love it. I love it. I think that you're gonna have a lot of opportunity over there. There has been a lot of opportunity, you know, because where, where there is chaos, there's opportunity because some truth comes right. out, okay? Right. And if some truth comes out, then you see everything clearly for what it is because I look believe – Like
1: I said, look at India also where Tata yeah. Motors is is now just a huge conglomerate that is gobbling up uh, companies and, and adding to their portfolio of companies – and and becoming just a multinational uh, corporation.
0: Yeah, and that's something that's going to continue to grow. And, again, in Russia, opportunity. I I believe, and this is my prediction, that we're going to see a big turnaround in that country because there's no way, no how. You have so many billionaires coming out of that that country, okay, that, I mean, if if you don't think for a second that there's opportunity over there, then you're fooling yourself. And what's happening to smart money that's trying to, you know, find another way because you, you have the big dogs out there. They're always looking for a way to make money. They're ahead of the curve, okay? They're not, they're not, they're not bucking the trend. They're ahead of the curve. They don't, they don't ride the trends. They don't, they don't get hyped up. They don't see a new product. Oh, my God, I have, we have to go buy this company. They're the ones that actually funded the company that allowed them to make the product, so you have to follow the smart money. And the smart money is going to Russia and, and to countries like that. You have to ask yourself why and do your research. You know, I mean, this is, this is what you need to do if you want to, you know, uh, make a buck. And I also need to say this, too. You know, people uh, have been, you know, talking to me about, you know, investing in Mexico with the oil and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I don't know what their reserves are over there. Okay, I don't think that the reserves are, are going to be like the Middle East. I think at some point in time, you know, things uh, may dry up over there. And that happens, poof, you got a problem.
1: <laughs> I think you're going to see more of those reserves in Canada, our, our northern partners, than our southern partners.
0: Yeah, and, and in Canada, you have, you know, you have the oil, uh, that sand oil. Okay, and they're going to, they're figuring out how to extract it from there. It's, it's difficult, it's expensive, you know, but we, you know, over here we have that, that shale uh, and we're, they're, they're allowing uh, for that stuff to be extracted. So all that, that drilling, I know they're doing it in Pennsylvania, they were talking about New York and they're getting approval all over the place so that the United States is just extracting uh, those resources straight from our own land. And we don't have to be dependent on, uh, on gas, and oil from, from other countries. And if that, sh- if that should push and that should happen, that's, that's going to cripple those countries.
1: Well, Lou, back in the 70s, uh, we, uh, de- our oil consumption was uh, dependent on the U.S. It was about 63% of it came from U.S. production. And, and uh, we were only importing uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of around 13%. Uh, of our oil and uh, now we are just the opposite we are now importing over sixty percent of our oil and as little as ten percent uh, of our own produc- of our own production so so we need to turn those tables back around and and uh, start making ourselves more self-sufficient
0: yeah, I and mean, I think that we're we're gonna wind up doing that. And I and I again, I don't know what the environmental uh, ramifications are gonna be, but as far as us being dependent on another country for our oil and our gas, I mean for I mean not our refinery uh, business, but as far as the oil is concerned, I think that things need to change. Okay, I think things need to change for sure. And if they do that, then we're not gonna have gas. At you know almost four dollars a gallon for regular, and we'll, we may have it you know it will drift down. Maybe we'll have it at two bucks, God willing.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you, and, you, and you, we'll you see. Never, you never know. We'll see uh, how that uh, Keystone pipeline plays into that whole equation.
0: That that's going to be a key thing because, and you know, I, see, that, that's that's going to be a really a real key thing because that is going to bring the oil all the way from the north all the way down. And that that that's going to be interesting. And also, you know, I know in Colorado, um, they they um, they pass some law that you can't have any uh, drilling. Uh, like you have to be at least five hundred yards away from a residence, and you can't have any drilling close to buildings and stuff like that. You know, or or somebody somebody's land. It was something that came out uh, today. I didn't finish reading the article because we had to do the show. Um, but, you know, I, I think that a lot of things are going to change um, over the over the next you know, year or two that are going to put us in, in a stronger position. But I, I do think that no matter what, you know, the the powers that be in government, they have to. They have to figure this out, and they have to cut these entitlements, and they have to let people – you know grow they have to build this economy, they have to you know you know take some pages out of what they did in Michigan, what they're doing in Florida. you know I mean, even look at you know as tough as Bloomberg is, just look at some things he's doing you gotta be tough, you gotta be tough out there you can't you can't you know uh please everyone it doesn't work
1: no Bloomberg didn't get to be a billionaire for for no reason,
0: no, and can, is people. You know, and, and people criticize him for what he's done in New York, this, that, everything else. I have to say, this is a self-made billionaire. Started right. on the American Stock Exchange. He built up, built his empire. And he built his empire by, you know, he just did it. You know, that is, that, that that's America. Okay, and if someone can do that, why can't you? If Arnold Schwarzenegger can come here, you know, and... uh Come from nothing and become, you know, one of the wealthiest men in the country. Become a movie star, marry a Kennedy, everything else, living the American dream, doing all that stuff. You know, why can't uh, you? It has to do with the opportunity that's uh, that's brought out there. Okay, so the opportunity is there. We just have to, you know, go out and seek it. And the government has to allow these opportunities to exist. And if you if you coddle people, they'll never come off. They'll never come off the nipple. They'll, they'll never do it.
1: Right, Lou, yeah, you can't give yeah. everybody Obama phones.
0: no, you can't, you can't do that again, and, and I stress this i there are people, and I, you know there are people out there that need it, and I get it. You need it, you should get it. It bothers me when people out there, they bleed the system. You see them driving the brand new Mercedes driving around, but they''re they're, they're, they're taking in you know uh, government funds, really. But meanwhile, you have a family. You have, you have a family. You have a, parents with four kids, and they're struggling. And meanwhile, the guy, the both parents are working and everything. They're not taking anything from the government. They're working. They're trying to make ends meet. Um, you know the. Uh, you know I think that I know it's hard, but I think that they need to do something uh, more to regulate it.
1: Right. Right. Or or when when a, a single mom has. Three kids and and she's making ten thousand dollars a year, but she gets back six thousand dollars in a, in her tax return
0: yeah, well, I mean, I think that you know when you have when you have uh situations where you have single parents that are raising kids you know and or two parents that are raising kids, but they have jobs and they're they're struggling yeah they need they need to get something back they they shouldn't have that 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 uh they, they should get the tax breaks they need, you know. And in this, with this environment, John, you know, you know, people, you know, the the people that voted, you know, for Obama, they're not being helped too much in this situation.
1: No, it's Actually, uh, anyway. it, it's going to be a difficult uh, climb out of this. Uh, I I think it, I would call it a recession. I don't I don't care what um the actual definition of of two negative quarters uh classified as a recession or not but there's no doubt in my mind that um you know this is these are recessionary times.
0: Yeah, I I think we're in there and I and I guess we're going to find out what's going to happen with these entitlement cuts. And who's gonna whine about what and what's gonna happen? You know, hey, somebody has to take the bullet on this, suck it up, and just make the decision and deal with it. You know, and you you're gonna get criticized everything, but you know what? No great man or woman uh, has gotten to where they've gotten to in, in history without being criticized for their actions. Because sometimes it's a tough pill to swallow. Somebody's got to swallow it, it's a swallow it, Somebody has to deal with it, and at the end of the day, guess what It's good for you. It's like that kid taking medicine they don't want uh, they, right. they don't like it it doesn't taste nasty, especially you know when when you were a kid when I was a kid, you'd taste nasty. it wasn't cherry flavored, right. okay, but you had to take it. Your parent knew you had to take it to get better and I don't want it, right. I don't want it you get you get it forced on your throat, and guess what in a couple of days, you're running around playing with your friends. And you forgot all about it. This is the medicine that we need to take now, right and so someone has to deliver it and who who that who that uh unsung hero is gonna be is your guess is as good as mine
1: and it's, and it's it's got to be our our uh- uh chief commander,
0: yeah, you know, and look if he did something like that, I would commend him, and people may be angry at him, you know uh initially, but you know what. Give it a couple of months; they gonna understand. And I, I his sure,
1: his... I sure hope Lou that these guys in in Congress and these guys uh, in office, and no matter if you're, we're speaking about the the president on down, think mm-hmm. about their legacy. Think about mm-hmm. what is going to be their legacy. What are they going to mm-hmm. be called for? Are they going to be uh, uh, recognized in the future as the guy who went down spending the most money out of any other president in history, mm-hmm. or are we going to go down as uh, going through the worst economic economic times and and getting through them?
0: Yeah. You know, look, the the way I look at it, you know, Obama has a choice. He can be remembered as Jimmy Carter or remembered as Ronald Reagan. One of the two. You know, you can you can go down as being the person that turned everything around. Or you can go down as a person that crippled the economy. That, that's what it comes right. down to. Right. You know, there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So, well, I guess we're going to see what's going to happen. And uh, just closing out, you know, uh, you know, I want to I want to say this about uh, what you do. You know, you're you're you know closely involved in the uh, world of private equity, and. You know, you know, you have your fingers on the pulse of what's going on there, not only in the United States, but you know, overseas and everything. We talk about it every show because I think it's important. And the reason that we bring this up is for the, for the accredited investors that are out there that are actually looking for an alternative investment, something that is not a day trading situation or a hedge fund, you know, situation, you know, like you have like a company like Greenlight, you know, they're a hedge fund. Okay, you have other private equity firms, you know like k k r is a private equity firm. They're not uh, a hedge fund, okay, so they'll go in and they'll invest in something for the long haul, and they'll be their turnaround artists and so on and so forth. You know they can make things happen, but the people that invest in in those situations are the ones are are the real deal players that are that are, that are waiting or, or or looking for the next the, the next big things that are coming. And the big things that are coming don't happen overnight. It's not a it's not a quick trade. You know, it may nope. take you know a year, two years, three year investment. But you know what? You put your money in there, and all of a sudden, you can see a dollar turn into three or five or ten. It all depends. All depends on what's out there because you're going to be also broad based. So you can you can actually tell more about it. Uh, you know, so they understand more about you know what's going on and what you do, John.
1: Well we're looking at Lou, uh right now I'm in talks with a, a firm uh that uh is operating out of Turkey. They're they're uh they're talking about uh, investments in those those type of emerging countries in India and in Russia as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um but but there's also available uh projects in the United States that are, are are taking uh investors uh and and giving them returns in the in the mid 20s. Um so so you're right if if you're if you're willing to look at some of these next trends and you're willing to wait long term um and you're not uh worried about liquidity as much as you are uh where's that money invested um and you do have that long term outlook then, by all means, um, yeah, I would uh, take a serious look at at some of these companies that are, are going to invest in the growth in the in the next job markets of of tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. so that um, you know you can prosper, you can have your finger on the pulse of these next trends because you were in there in the initial stages in the private equity stages instead of waiting till after the i p o
0: yeah, yeah, and, and that's and that's a hundred percent true, because if you look at and and I'll and I'll say this, I forget the name of the the, the group, but I know that they were a second tier investor, okay, not a first tier investor in uh, in Facebook, okay, where the first tier investors, well, they got a nice chunk, okay, the second tier investor, they got. They get a fraction, a really small fraction, compared to what the first tier investors made or had, uh, as far as the company is concerned. So, you know, you have to, you know, pick. If when you're picking a a private equity firm, you know, definitely, you know, do due diligence, find out what they're investing in, find out, you know, if you understand, you have to make sure you understand it. Make sure you're comfortable. You know, uh, well, and and if uh, you can't,
1: if you don't have time for that, then Lou, uh, mm -hmm. I would advise your investors to to look at. A, a registered investment advisory firm that will do that for you and charge you mm-hmm. a flat fee for all of that evaluation and all of that expertise, and, and 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 meet with them and and get comfortable with what their allocations are, what their insight is, what their research is telling you, and if it makes sense to you, then and by all means hire some a team of experts that is going to do that allocation for you and and mm-hmm. going to go ahead and put that uh that money in that private equity for you so that uh, they can make those wise decisions because that's all they've got is time and that's all they do is look at that.
0: Yeah man, and and that, that'll be a definite good move uh, for them to do but it all comes down to due diligence and that's why we stress that here. You know, we're not you know, we're you know, we're talking about everything broad based and we're not anti the stock market. You know, I'm, I'm always pro-stock market. I, I believe that there is some opportunity in any situation. The market stocks can be crumbling. There'll be that bright light that's there. You just have to find it. You just have to find it. And, and they're out there. You just have to, you know, be, be smart about it and do that. And as well as with private equity, you know, just be, just be, uh, be aware. And do do the do do due, due diligence. If you have to hire uh, an advisory firm to do it for you, do it, and you get it done and make it all happen. Um, and I think that that's about it, John. I think we had a, a great show today, great show.
1: I, I I think we covered a lot of ground, Lou. And I, I appreciate yeah. you having me on the show as always, and look forward to more.
0: Yeah, definitely. And for our you know, our listeners out there, you know, definitely you want to you know, check out John's blog. He talks about a lot of interesting stuff. Some of the stuff we touch on on the show, a lot of the stuff we don't. So if you want some more insight, uh, go to REOcapitalLLC.com. capital llc. dot com. That's REOcapitalLLC.com. capital llc. dot com. You know, check out John Vanessa's blog. He talks about a lot of things. He's very well informed. And you know, you may not agree with everything he talks about, but at least he's speaking the truth, and you can decide what you want to do from there, and at least keep yourself well informed. And if you need you now for the accredited investors out there, honestly, if you just needed someone, you know, if you needed some guidance or something, you know, I'm sure John, you know, would be more than willing to uh, communicate with you and try to help you along the way, if possible. Thank you. You know, and always
1: make a recommendation, and and uh, and then they can always do their homework.
0: Yeah, think that there you go. Just make a recommendation. He's not, you know, we're not trying to sell you anything. Just go. You know, you need to be well informed. We're always trying to help uh, if we can. Okay. And on that note, John, thank you so much for coming on the show again, and we'll have you on next week as well. And I know next week we're gonna it's gonna be another great show because a lot of different things are gonna happen, I'm sure of it. Okay, uh, until then, again, listeners, go to REOcapitalLLC.com. You know, check out John's blog. Be back with us next Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and we should have some interesting things. We're going to talk about real estate next week, too. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about commercial and residential real estate and the opportunities that are out there. So we're we're going to touch on that and give you some insight on that. And until next week, you know, be be uh, careful with your investments. Always do your due diligence. And, John, thank you again, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Lou. Got it. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Oh. Have I got your attention now? Relax. That's right. You're good. You know what I mean? Money to be made in a place like this. Money never sleeps, pal. You're crazy. Don't run when you lose. Don't whine that hurt. You know what it takes to take sell real
1: estate?
0: It takes grass, 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 grass.
1: I'm falling, and I can't get out!